Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to the Daily Compliance News. The Daily Compliance News is an offering of the Compliance Podcast Network. September 20, 2019, the good work if you can get it edition. First up, in a very interesting article from the Financial Times, a rising star in Brazilian politics, a 25-year-old Harvard-educated lawmaker named Tabata Amaral, has emerged as a star and a counterpoint to the corrupt and nationalistic president. She uh, is one of a group of rising professionals in Brazil that is poised to uh, perhaps change things at, at the next election, but most importantly, move Brazil past its current status of uh, corrupt politicians. And it's going to be interesting to see if she can do it, whether she's compared to AOC here or uh, the new politics brought in uh, the wake of the car wash scandal, uh, the uh, horse trading of the old politics. It's going to be interesting to see if Brazil can really lead the way in moving past this and certainly be an example for uh, the United States going forward. Next up from the Wall Street Journal. Does it really help to identify audit partners? Does this improve audit quality? Well, uh, a rule requiring public companies to identify an individual audit partner on their financial reporting has let little impact on audit quality, a new research uh, has uh, suggested. Uh, The PCAOB began requiring this, and since that time, companies have named the lead audit engagement partner on a form that must be filed within 38 days of the annual report. While this rule was divisive um, when it was proposed, it was hoped that it would lead to uh, increased transparency and uh, QA, QC. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't turn uh, out, or at least this report says that the informational value is really minimal, and so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens in terms of the longer term. Next up from the Wall Street Journal Risk and Compliance Journal, a UK bank, British, Amer- British Arab Commercial Bank, agreed to pay $4 million to settle allegations that it violated U.S. sanctions on Sudan. Treasury had alleged that the London-based commercial bank with no presence in the U.S. processed hundreds of millions of dollars to Sudanese clients in a funding arrangement that attempted to circumvent U.S. sanctions. Obviously, the bank is very pleased with this resolution as it gets them out with a relatively low fine uh, and uh, really not much more than a slap on the wrist going forward. And our final story in the good work if you can get it department Purdue Pharma, facing thousands of lawsuits and having filed for bankruptcy, wants to pay certain employees $34 million in bonuses. Uh, It said uh, they should receive this for meeting and exceeding sales goals over the past three years. Fairly uh, phenomenal considering this is precisely the reason that Purdue Pharma got in trouble. Uh, was uh, meeting target performance goals. It's not uh, clear from the company's filings why these employees should be eligible for bonuses because the bonuses are supposed to be uh, contingent on financial performance, which, of course, the company's filed for bankruptcy. So we have a little cognitive or at least internal dissonance there. It's not clear uh, who these, uh, whether these are insiders, whether they're top executives, who exactly it is. And given the uh, status of Purdue Pharma, it's pretty clear that the uh, 
whoever's running it now wants to cash out and give the employees as much money as they can now before uh, any changes are made and becomes a public trust company or uh, is dissolved to pay the outstanding debts uh, it owes uh, the states and other jurisdictions who have filed suit against it for its contribution to the opioid crisis. But good work if you can get it. $34 million is not something to uh, sneeze at. So good luck, guys. Mike Volkoff and I are back for another episode of Why a Duck, where we take a deep dive into the antitrust division new corporate compliance program. Check it out. <laughs>